When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Jake Brennan from Disgraceland, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts, Rockarola. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, welcome back, everybody. This is Martin Popoff, back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by, I suppose, me and the rest of the expert cabal here at Pantheon Media. We're going to go a little rogue today. Um... Okay, so a little bit of a history. Um, The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Everybody complains about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I've always uh, kind of appreciated it. I've always thought it had some traction. Um, It's it's fought, kicked, and scraped for that traction over the years. And... um, over the years as well, I'm, I'm a writer for Goldmine Magazine, and I've written some uh, impassioned screeds, uh, if you will, on uh, why Judas Priest should be in, why Yes should be in, why Deep Purple should be in. I might have done a Rush one, I'm not sure. Um, but anyways, I've done these things, uh, you know, who knows who, who sees them or whatever, but uh, sometimes uh, those bands actually do get in, which is kind of cool. I hope I have a little bit of something to do with that because, you know, honestly, in those in those articles, I made 30 or 40 points of, uh, of why this matters. Um, so I love doing this stuff. Um, so today I, I came to work sort of burning with, uh, you know, the news of the, uh, the fine list, uh, frankly, that came out for the, uh, for the 2020 nominees. And, um, you know, I, I actually already this morning wrote uh, an article uh, about the, the five heaviest there, uh, you know, to, to, to keep in theme with the show, to keep in theme with sort of my area of expertise. Um, I basically rattled off one of these for Goldmine, but not on one band on the five heavy ones. So, yes, uh, I wanted to, to do an episode on this and explain myself further. Uh, and I like the way it's a kind of a topical thing. So you could call this the history of the 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions hard rock division. How's that? Um, and I love the way, you know, when I was writing this article, realizing that there were basically five bands um, that I put in this category, and I, I think I think it makes sense. Uh, so I thought, hey, I've got this podcast, History in Five Songs. This is five bands. Let's do it. So, um, so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about um, my thoughts on these five bands and uh, and where they are on this list and whether they should or should not uh, get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, so yeah, so as a little bit of background, first of all, um, when I saw the list, I thought, this is a really good list. I, I love the variety of of it. I love the sort of daringness. There's some cool bands. Well, not not a lot of daring, but I mean, Nine Inch Nails is on here, and Kraftwerk is on here, and Depeche Mode is on here. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty varied. I like what's going on. T-Rex, Todd Rundgren. There's some pretty obscure things on this list. Um, 
But, um, you know, this is uh, this is a heavy metal show so far anyways. Um, and um, I want to focus on the bands MC5, Thin Lizzy, Judas Priest, Motorhead and Soundgarden, who quite surprisingly are all on this list. I thought this was pretty cool when I saw this. So let's go through them. Um, okay, so first of all, uh, let's talk about MC5, but, uh, but before, you know, I start blabbing away at you about it, here's a little sample of them. This is a song called Poison from their third and final album, High Time. Take a listen. All right, so MC5, I chose that song um, because it's the heaviest song on a high time. I really love it. It's really cool. Um, but okay, so MC5 is on this list. What do I think about uh, this? Why should they be here? Why shouldn't they? So MC5, are, are they in there with that whole you know, the, the cabal of the, of the Detroit heavies, uh, you know, the, uh, the origins of heavy metal as far as America is concerned. It's basically MC5 and the Stooges, uh, and then later on it branches out. Well, I mean, at this time it's, you know, you can include the likes of Mountain and Cactus, but they're from a whole different place. The garage rock thing is MC5 Stooges, you know, uh, who else is over there? The Amboy Dukes, uh, Mitch Ryder, uh, SRC, um, you've got Dick Wagner with his early bands. Uh, well, let's see, there's Frost or some major, those kinds of things. But basically the two biggies are MC5 and the Stooges. Uh, the Stooges is already in. I think as the Stooges or as Iggy Pop, Iggy and the Stooges, I can't quite remember, but I think they're in and they deserve to be if they're not. Um, but MC5, okay. So here they are. I love, I love that they're here. Um, but here's where I, I sort of bring in my sensible thing to this whole thing. MC5, Okay, they're they're in here for a few reasons. Number one, they are American, they're historical, they are a critic's darling, which all matters. They do kind of fit the 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 Jan Wenner Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Rolling Stone magazine, East Coast um, sort of um, centric vibe of uh, of you know the the kinds of bands the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame wants in there. I love that they are a heavy band. Uh, you know, heavy metal claims them, punk claims them. But so here they are. Um, so for those reasons, I think they should go in. The reasons why um, possibly one might not think they should go in is to all these people who don't know rock and roll, just like the way we complain about rap or pop being in here from the heavy metal end of things. You know, there's a lot of people you know, who are, say, say rap rap fans or, or 25 years old or whatever, who are saying, MC5, what the heck is this? This is so obscure. And it is pretty obscure, frankly. I mean, this is a band that, that basically they started around 1966 and there's some singles and stuff going on so they're around pretty early um but they they flame out by 71 you know detroit flames out people go to jail wayne goes to jail the manager hey he has his problems um 
you know, with the law as well. Um, you know, they're they're pretty militant hippies, uh, these guys, or at least the man at, at the management end of it. So, anyways, they are they are in here, or they're or they're recognized as being nominated for mainly the likes of their debut album, the you know the incendiary, very heavy live album, Kick Out the Jams from 1969. Then they put out Back in the USA, which is kind of a tinny conceptual 50s retro sort of album. Um, that yeah, uh, Back in the USA. Did I say that or not? Back in the USA. And then High Time is the last one, 1971. And then they flame out. They never come back. Rob Tyner dies eventually, the lead singer. So they lose, you know, the key cog, Rob Tyner. Great guy. Um, You know, the big afro on him and stuff. You should hear zither music from later. It's quite bizarre. So they do come back later on and do these kind of complicated tours where they have various, you know, uh, semi-rock star lead singers in there doing the lead singing role, and it's like a big party. So they they have done that a couple of times. But yeah, I mean, MC5, kind of an important band. They... um. You know, they they never basically fell out of the narrative or the conversation. People always talked about them in the heavy metal context, in the punk context. So it's pretty cool. This is the Rock Hall, you know, putting one of their um, cornerstones down, uh, doing doing the early stuff, just like the way they do, which, you know, frankly, a lot of people com- complain about with uh, with the early doo-wop groups or R&B and stuff. You start getting into the, um, the discussion of what is rock and roll, what is pop. Um, country, rap, soul. There's there's a lot of things that uh, people complain about with the Rock Hall because they feel it's a little bit too far off of rock. No one's going to mistake MC5 for that. They are a super heavy band, so they are rock, so that's why they're in here. So, okay, so my summary on MC5 would be um, glad to see them here. Uh, if I, I don't know how many of these actually get in. I should have looked that up. But basically from this list, which looks to be about uh, 15 names, I would think MC5 out of these five bands is one I personally could sacrifice off of this list for other ones. Say if if you only, you know, if if really it came down to the fact that only three of these were going to get in, I think MC5 would be one that I would say, eh, you could pass on. But I have a feeling MC5, for all those reasons, the Americanness, the critical darlingness, the early cornerstone-ness, I think they uh, they have a good chance of getting in. Uh, but yeah, just, just to reiterate right now, it's the nominations that came out and then we find out later what actually gets in. Okay, so moving on. Number two, um, they have uh, surprisingly brought up Thin Lizzy. I love this choice. I mean, Thin Lizzy is my favorite band on this list. They're one of my favorite probably five or maybe even four bands of all time. Um, so, yeah, let's take a little listen. This is a little bit of uh, Got to Give It Up. He tried hard but his spirit broke. He tried until he nearly choked. In the end, he lost his battle. All right. I picked that song because I just wanted to show the richness and depth of Thin Lizzy. This is from 1979. This isn't even the classic lineup of Robertson and Gorham. It's a, it's Scott Gorham and Gary Moore, who was around a little earlier. Later, he has a pretty big career as a blues guitarist. Um, but here he is um, in the band for Black Rose, and they just do this great song. It's, it's kind of a veiled reference to heroin, got to give it up. A cool, heavy song. Um, but... 
Thin Lizzy is uh, is essentially in here, not for not for this era, not for the later era, not for the earlier, more acoustic Celtic era with uh, with Eric Bell on guitar. The first three albums, they are essentially on this list because of the Boys Are Back in Town and Jailbreak, and to a lesser extent, the Johnny the Fox album from '76, the Bad Reputation album from '77. It's essentially that little clutch of records there, the touring that they did. You know the the mythology of Phil Linnett, um, this this amazing you know tall Afroed black Irishman bass player lyricist like Han, uh, like Springsteen and really no you know I I don't necessarily um, put him second to Springsteen. Springsteen really appreciated what Phil did. Um, so great lyricist, great singer, uh, you know legendary frontman, just just the whole package. You know and this is why. Thin Lizzy later on, of all the bands who, you know, you would audaciously say you can't have a new singer, I think Thin Lizzy's almost at the top of that list. And that's why, you know, when they came back and, and went out as Thin Lizzy again, you know, quote unquote, a few times sporadically in the 2000s and whatnot, um, you know, they they were roundly criticized or ridiculed for doing that because this, kind of like Queen with Freddie Mercury, but even more so, um, I, I would say more so. I think I think Phil, Phil Lennett is like 70 eight percent of this band um so there you go uh so thin lizzie um so so yeah they are on this list um i frankly found this very pleasantly surprising that they are on the list i love thin lizzie to death but they would be the other band that i would say if i had to sacrifice two out of these five bands i would say thin lizzie really are not crazy 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 deserving of being on here given the stiff competition of bands already not in be they heavy bands be they not heavy bands uh this is a band that had one gold album in america their entire time and on top of that they weren't even a massive concert draw they were more of a theater band a sandwich band they would be second on a bill or third on a bill um, or if they headlined, like I said, it'd be theaters or large clubs. They were not a massive, massive band. They weren't a world band. Uh, you know, heroin, uh, you know, a, a love for heroin and coke will uh, will limit your mobility. So this is not a band that's, uh, you know, is, is touring all over uh, all over the world like an Iron Maiden or a Deep Purple uh, would do. Um, so pretty obscure choice, uh, I think, to be on here. Like I say, I love it. Um, but uh, the sensible guy in me, the open-minded me, um, would say, no, thank, thank you for putting them on here. I understand if they don't get in. All right, so there's number two. Let us take a short break, and we will be right back. When we dropped the first few episodes of Rock and Roll Archaeology into the feed three and a half years ago, little did we know that this telling of rock and roll history would become a pantheon of rock and roll podcasts. Since many of you first joined us on our rock and roll exploration, the halls of the rock and roll pantheon have filled with shows like Deeper Digs in Rock, Rock and Roll Librarian, Muses, Art of Rock with Caution Friends, Real Rock with the Reverend Andy King, Miss Pamela's Pajama Party, Vinyl Snob, and more. We are proud of this one-of-a-kind approach to an audio magazine of high-quality shows. That is Pantheon, and thank you for your support. We couldn't have done it without you, our diggers who listen to all of our shows. And now, we are excited to let you know that every show available as part of Pantheon can be found in their own podcast feed, 
to subscribe to in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the shows you've come to love. We look forward to adding more shows to fill the halls here in our Pantheon of Rock and Roll and find them all at PantheonPodcast.com. Keep up the rockin'. Okay, Martin Popoff here back again, History in Five Songs. Uh, with Martin Popoff, we are talking about the history of the 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions hard rock division. We are up to number three. We've done MC5 and Thin Lizzy. Uh, take a listen to this. This is a little bit of Judas Priest with Dissident Aggressor. Okay, I wanted to pick a song that would just knock your socks off the the height of Menza Mad Origami Metal. Um, you know, this is this is from 1977. These guys are operating on a plane far above anybody at this time. They've got St- Simon Phillips in there as a guest, crazy crazy legs and arms drummer. Uh, Les Binks will be just as cool on the next album, Stained Class. But essentially. Uh, Judas Priest, I think, uh, okay, so they're on this list, and just to give you some background again, I've written a whole long article about Judas Priest, you can get that at, at, at Goldmine at the site, and read my, my dedicated article to Judas Priest. This article that I'm, I'm kind of celebrating in this episode, uh, looks at all five of these bands, um, but... So there's many, many reasons, and I would say out of these five bands, they are absolutely at the top of my list of, of bands that absolutely should get in, as I, as I wrote before. So why should they get in? So super long ago band, they started in 1969, first album is in 74, massive, massive uptick in the quality and intelligence of level with 1976's Sad Wings of Destiny, Sin After Sin, Stained Class, Hellbent for Leather, I personally believe, and I've said this before on this podcast, that that is the greatest run of records by anybody in any rock genre, barring Queen's records, I would say, pretty much a tie. Maybe Queen would win. Queen won through, let's say, uh, jazz. So, uh, incredible run of records, uh, but they weren't that famous yet, so that's fine. They get famous. British Steel, they get famous. They, they're kind of like the forefathers of the new wave of British heavy metal, not exactly part of it, but they have a big album with Screamin' uh, for Vengeance in 82. I believe that's double platinum. They have a platinum with 84's Defenders of the Faith. British Steel, I believe, is uh, eh, platinum, double platinum, something like that. Point of Entry's gold. Uh, Turbo goes platinum. Uh, Ram It Down, even, uh, to close out the decade goes gold uh painkiller 1990 goes gold so they are one of the big heavy metal bands of the 80s so they are massive they are championing metal which is a cool thing you know they're doing things like you know when i think about the rock and roll hall of fame i want to hear about guys who participate in life so so they're in there they're in there doing interviews with everybody they are interacting with fans by selling tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of tickets. They are a headliner in hockey barns. They are a big, big band. So these are other reasons why you should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
they stumble through the 90s, but they're back in the 2000s. They have been around. They're perennially around. Their last album was very well-received, Firepower. Uh, They're still going. Uh, I just talked to Rob Halford last week for his second Christmas album, believe it or not. Um, But they um, they are looking at 2020 as a 50th anniversary year, so they're not going away. So this is a perfect band that has participated in the wide, long breadth of heavy metal history for 50 years, done a lot of different things. Like I say, they had a, a period where they were almost bar none, the most one of the greatest creative rock and roll bands of all time, let alone in heavy metal. They had a long, long period of, of considerable fame, and they've stuck with it, and they've they've played many, many, many concerts to many, many, many people. Uh, Rob Halford, Again, he's he's one of the top uh, early vocal technicians with the operatic high style. They've got the twin lead thing going. A um, lot of different productions. Okay, now I'm kind of reaching, but uh, a lot of different things, right? Priest is Priest is pretty big, and and I'm surprised they're not in. Um, but now is the time. They really do deserve to go in. Um, massive massive band okay moving on uh number four on this list hard to believe this one is here too but uh, again pleasant surprise take a listen to this this is motorhead with ace of spades All right, so Motorhead, very cool to see him here, but the Hall has taken some stick on this one because, um, you know, as these age-old debates uh, happen, and rightfully so in the past, validly, who do you induct? How many members of a band do you induct? So, you know, it it made sense that there was, uh, you know, there's a lot of sort of head-scratching with the likes of Deep Purple and... uh, Boy, did Blondie uh, go in for part of that? I think so. And many bands have had this problem. Uh, who who do you who do you put in? Um, but Motorhead, it's pretty clear cut, and they they screwed it up. I mean, Motorhead, what they're saying, uh, it's the original, not the original original lineup. I use that as a short form thing, but the classic lineup is more or less original, and that is Lemmy Kilmister. Um, you've got uh, Filthy Animal Taylor and Fast Eddie Clark. All deceased, which is quite amazing. Um, but these this, these are the guys that put together the first five studio albums and the live album, which was like a chart-topping album in the UK, No Sleep Till Hammersmith, The Vacuum Cleaner with Drums. Uh, as I say in the article, the ultimate rock and roll swindle, even more so than anything uh, Johnny Rotten could say about the Sex Pistols. Pretty crazy uh, seeing a record like that do so well. Um, but so the big travesty is that the reason they are even on this list, really, frankly, is that they kept going and they kept the quality so high after those guys were gone with Mickey D on drums and with Phil Campbell on guitar. Basically, the writers of the music, essentially. Lemmy could be kind of lazy at times. I mean, let's I mean, let's not discredit him because he is Lemmy. He's he's the embodiment of rock and roll. He he alone is also the other reason they are on this uh, this list. He's a he's a super underrated lyricist. People should really just sit down and read those Motorhead albums. Uh, but basically, they made something like twenty albums, fifteen albums. Uh, 
and and toured the world over and and sold thousands and thousands of tickets and just were out there being Motorhead and inspiring people for for decades uh, with with uh, Phil Campbell and Mickey D. So is it too hard Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to induct five members of Motorhead? It's a pretty clear cut. As I say in this article, ask any Motorhead fan, they wouldn't say the first three guys, they wouldn't say the last three guys, they would say five guys. Um, you know, there were a few other incidental members along the way, but really, these five guys all get to go in. And also, as I said in the article, it's like Phil and Phil Campbell and Mickey D are already out there saying things like, you know, we, we don't like it, but we would show up and we would play any anyway. How rock and roll is that? How cool is that? How, you know, down to earth is that and not being petty and not being a diva like so many of the crazy stories we've seen at the Rock Rock Hall have been. Um, so that is cool. And again, um, you know, Motorhead, why are they here? Uh, you know, they've, they've, they've missed the fact that they are here because of the hard work Mickey D and Phil Campbell put in, but they are also here because of the song Ace of Spades and the album Ace of Spades. You hear that song, it's kind of leaked into the public consciousness. Uh, you do see Motorhead in ads or hear Motorhead in ads. I think we've heard Ace of Spades recently and they're, and one of the last things they ever did, their cover of the Stone Sympathy for the Devil. Um, we've heard that in, in uh, you know, TV commercials uh, recently as well. So that was always cool. That was quite a shock to hear. Um, but no, they're here, they're here for the, for the embodiment of crazy rock and roll that that early band was. I mean, I've often said that Bomber and Overkill, or the other way around, Overkill and Bomber, both in 1979, are two of the five heaviest albums ever of the 70s. So they came out like a freight train, amazing band, uh, but never sold a lot of records. They don't have a single gold record. Um, I don't think Ace of Spades is even gold uh, at this point. Um, probably is if you did your counting right uh, and, and everybody went and kind of checked it all out. Uh, that's that's another show, you know, uh, how, how a lot of these records probably have passed uh, these certification plateaus and we don't even sort of notice um, or nobody goes and does the work and does it officially. Um, but no, the, the great thing, like I say, is everybody loves all of those Motorhead albums that, uh, that Phil Campbell and Mickey put together. As Lemmy would say to me, you know, on the many interviews I had with him, like he, you know, you, you would bring up the old stuff or, or try to squeeze in something about it and he wasn't having it. And he would say things like the old stuff is pretty ropey compared to our, our new stuff. And I love that term ropey because he's right. That's exactly the problem with them. Um, so yeah, uh, very cool to see them here. I ha I think as a wild card, I think they do have a chance of getting in. Okay, so moving on, number five in the heavy department, a little bit off to the side. You know, some might argue they're not a heavy metal band. Soundgarden. Let's listen to a little Soundgarden. This is Jesus Christ Pose. <laughs> Okay, we're back. Uh, really cool stuff. They were probably the most creative 
you know, they were almost like a progressive rock grunge band. They had the coolest looking and sounding lead vocalist in Chris Cornell. What a great voice on that guy. And then obviously there's some extra resonance here with the fact that uh, Chris is no longer with us. He, re- he recently died. Uh, you know, I, I think that's another reason or part of the narrative why, why Soundgarden should get in as well. Um, so yes, to recap, I know I've gone on pretty long on this one. I think this might be the longest history in five songs with Martin Popoff that we have done. Um, So I will just recap. um, I think out of these five bands, um, I think it'd be too much to ask that all five of them got in. But uh, if perchance three of them got in, I think the most deserving here are Judas Priest, Motorhead, and Soundgarden. We will leave for another time who I think should uh, get in here in detail, but I just wanted to rattle them off because I did mention them in this article. I think uh, the next glaring, 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 the biggest glaring uh, omission so far that should get in is Iron Maiden. Uh, I think Jethro Tull should get in uh, fairly high up there. I like the likes of Alice in Chains. I like the likes of Pantera. Um you know, moving a little further down, uh, UFO, Rainbow. Um, who else did I forget there? Oh, yeah, Blue Oyster Cult always gets talked about when I have these debates on Facebook with people. Uh, I think I think that's a, that's one that's ripe for getting in for a number of reasons. But uh, I think I think standing way head and shoulder, your eye heap is another one, absolutely. But I think standing way head and shoulders above anybody else in the heavy metal realm uh, is Iron Maiden, and then there's everybody else. Another everybody else would be Slayer. Another everybody else would be King Crimson. Not exactly heavy, but heavy dark prog. Um, So there you go. Let's wrap up now. Um, Like I say, this has been our longest. Thanks for sticking with me this long. I love that this was a cool topical one. Uh, I am once again your host, Martin Popoff, with uh, History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. We shall see you again next time. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com 
Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 